Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. And uh, we've got some football and a little bit of basketball to talk to you this week. We're done in the 11-man field. Uh, Coronado met its end in the Region 1 championship game of the 5A Division 1 uh, playoff bracket. Uh, so we have Borden County remaining. Uh, but first, we'll, I think we'll just jump to Coronado and, and what their season meant. Obviously, it's a 13-1 and team. Uh, first LISD team to go that deep in the playoffs since 1992. It was a heck of a season for the Mustangs. I agree. Uh, they did a lot of impressive things this year. They really impressed me. Uh, this this was a banner year, I think, for them and for the Lubbock area and what they were able to do. And uh, the Mustangs, I, you know, when I look at this game, it just kind of seems like they fell into a hole and they were fighting back a little bit, but that hole was a little bit too much to come over or to retaliate. From. Really did. It was it was funny. Uh, they scored on their first offensive play of the game. Coronado did a 69-yard touchdown by by not, Caleb Manuel. Not surprised. Yeah, and and then Denton Ryan scored the next 20 points, missed a PAT in, in the span. Uh, stayed up ahead multiple possessions. But near the end of the half, uh, Coronado managed to make it a 41-28 game. Uh, I think there, were, there was a minute 13 left at that point in the half, and then they kicked the ball off, and Tross Smith runs the ball back 83 yards for another Ryan touchdown. But the, the biggest problem for, for Coronado was just the sheer talent they were playing. You know, the quarterback from Denton Ryan, Spencer Sanders, he's an Oklahoma State commitment trying to prove something after tearing his ACL in the state semifinal game last year, which – didn't Ryan advance back to with the win. And then uh, a guy that we're going to be seeing a lot of in the next couple of years, Gabriel Douglas, uh, had a touchdown and and was just one of many talented receivers on that team. And ultimately that was too much for the Mustangs. But it was a good season, uh, and, and uh, we're excited to see what they come back with next year because they, they have some of the key pieces, Caleb Manuel, Blair Conright. Uh, a lot of the guys on the defense are, are juniors as well. Uh, but there obviously are some bad losses you're going to have to take. Uh, Quay Gray who was a record-setting quarterback for Coronado, and not only Coronado, but the Lubbock area. You've got uh, Jordan Thomas at, at the center, who's moving on, we think, to SMU, although that might change with the uh, with Sonny Dykes getting the job there, but probably not. I'm sure Sonny Dykes would like to have a Lubbock guy on his team. Um, and Miguel Garcia, who led the state in sacks last year, didn't get that number again this year, but that defensive line as a whole was very competitive, and I think that's the reason he didn't lead the state in sacks. Yeah, also I think he played very selfless this year in that, you know, he, he did assignment football. He did his job, you know, and sometimes that's go get the quarterback. Sometimes that's containment. Yeah, I think in just watching him and all these other players, uh, it was an outstanding season for all of them across the board. Uh, they do have some pieces coming back, like you said, Caleb Manuel, Blair Conright, but uh, they're going to have to replace quite a few players. But – like you said, uh, Quay Gray at quarterback. I think they have a freshman right now mm-hmm. that could possibly step up in that role. But uh, back to the game, you know, uh, towards the end, were they starting to come back a little bit there? Or was it kind of uh, just point for point? Not really. I mean, didn't Ryan went up by 41 points. Then they decided that they were going to bail on the game and, and not risk their starters with, obviously, a state semifinal matchup coming up this week, a 9 p.m. kickoff uh, Friday if anyone's interested against Dallas Highland Park. Uh, so they pulled their starters, and uh, Coronado – Scored a touchdown uh, around the 738 mark of the, the fourth quarter, I think. And then Gray, Gray threw uh, a 44-yard uh, touchdown pass with 45 seconds left. And then uh, Denton Ryan's third string running back fumbled, set them up on the 44-yard line, and Gray threw another 44-yard touchdown pass. And that's, that's where the season ended. 
Uh, it was funny, though, because Denton Ryan, all they needed to do was kneel the clock out, but they wanted to run a play, and, and that's why they fumbled, and that made the game that much closer. Uh, that's an aggressive team. Yeah, I mean, that's an aggressive move. But uh, looking at this game, um, you know, we both covered Coronado quite a bit this year. Um, you know, the one thing that kind of stood out to me was uh, their tenacity throughout the year. Um, they've been in situations that they've dug themselves out of, maybe not in this game, particular game, but I was impressed with what they were what they were able to do this year, um, and good luck to Coach Parr and them moving forward. What did you kind of take away from this season, you know? Well, I, you know, coming in, there's not a whole lot written about, about Lubbock High School football, I don't think, and, and a lot of that is you really don't get to pay attention to all the teams as closely as you want to until about the stage of the playoffs that, that Coronado was able to achieve. But you saw how much chatter there was about them across the state, and I think that's good for Lubbock football as a whole. I think that Coronado is going to be pretty good once again next year, and I don't think they're going to be the only team. I, I like the pieces that Monterey is bringing back, and, and Cooper moving out of that district and into the new 5A Division II I think has a real chance. I think that's going to be really good for Plainview too. Uh, so it's exciting to see where everything goes forward. But uh, I think that Coronado helped prove that there are good athletes in West Texas. You know, Gray has a lot of steam, uh, has some junior college offers right now. I think Conright's going to be really big ultimately, and um, I think that's good for the area as a whole because if you come to visit one, you might as well stop by and see how everyone else is performing. Yeah, and it kind of looks like Conright's getting a little interest after this standout season. So uh, good luck to all the Mustangs moving forward. And then you got the Borden County happy game, and uh, Borden County made happy not so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was a rematch from last year's state semifinal, and uh, it, everybody kept saying, you know, Happy wants its revenge on Borden County, and it, it, you know, they they score really well offensively all season, but they run into a defense that is really impressive in Borden County. On top of that, they just pounded it away on them. Uh, play after play, they just run the ball. They only threw the ball twice mm -hmm. and were able to get a huge win over them. So I think that was pretty impressive. They got a good running back in Nick Prohl. Uh, Trey Ritchie is your all-around player in six-man level. He does everything. Um, he, <laughs> one thing that really stood out to me is this one particular play where uh, uh, the, the ball is bobbled. And, of course, uh, Trey Ritchie comes up with the interception, but he came from almost halfway across the field to make that play and it just showed what kind of team they are they're uh, aggressive and they're well coached as well as bought into the program that's one thing they kept reiterating whenever I was talking to them is that these kids aren't as as, as athletic as the team from last year but they're studious they do what they need to do in the you know off the field and you know during practice to be successful and it really showed well-disciplined team offensively and defensively but you know, they were able to jump up on uh unhappy after a first quarter that went eight and eight mm -hmm. as soon as that first quarter went eight and eight I thought to myself well maybe this is going to be a lot closer than I thought mm -hmm. and then as as the the game progressed Borden County just continued to kind of establish a lead and, and Borden County made a goal line stand in the first quarter right yes that was impressive uh especially you, don't see, you do not yeah. see that on the six-man level yeah they were able to get a goal line stand and again I believe Trey Ritchie was in on this one but their defensive line has done really well um you know at this level to be able to do what they do defensively I think is really impressive mm -hmm. um like we had mentioned uh 
this six man, I guess more or less you could say, is a sport designed to score points. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is take that away from people. Yeah, probably the best open field tacklers in the entire South Plains. Oh, man, you're not kidding. Um, there's one-on-one situations where all the kid has to do is make a move and he's in the end zone. But no, Borden County takes that away. Uh, you try to make a move on them, they do the smart tackle. You know, uh, like we said, very disciplined, put in the time. And now they're heading back to state. That's right. They'll play at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, December 20th at AT&T Stadium. That's the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Uh, there's a layover week while the rest of the playoffs catch up to, to where they are. <clears throat> there's just a shortage of six-man schools. So that everyone completed their state semifinals, and, and they want to be consolidated with the, uh, the rest of the teams. Uh, so they, they're waiting a week. So that gives us an opportunity to go down to, uh, to Gale and, and see them later this week and, and produce some good stories on LoneStarVarsity.com about their team. Uh, some interesting circumstances, like the players have taken a vow of silence through at least the state championship game, saying, it's not about me, it's about this team, so don't talk to me. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, that vow, I, I see it as kind of a positive thing. When you look at the team, it's like, like, like I had mentioned earlier, selfless playing, it, it, really, it, it really shows whenever you do something like that because, I mean, who doesn't want their name in the paper? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but instead, you know, every kid, you know, they attribute the, next, the kids sitting next to them as the reason that they're there. And when you have that kind of mentality – there's nowhere to go but up for a team like this. And uh, maybe we'll catch up with one or two of them. <laughs> it, obviously, Borden County advanced to play Jonesboro, which uh, defeated Tioga in, in the another uh, rematch. City. It's another It's a championship rematch, and if I'm correct, I believe that Borden County uh, scored the amount of points that they needed to, to complete that game early. Yeah. yeah, that one was done in the third quarter, I believe, Mercy Rule. Uh, I still remember the exact play that finished it because you don't fi- you don't forget the last play of a state championship all mm-hmm. too often, especially one that puts it away. Uh, one thing that's different from this team that the other team really took advantage of is the pass game. That last touchdown was a pass from Hunter Jones to Corbin Sumner's. Mm-hmm. And against Happy, I saw that now they love to run the or they did love to run the ball, but now they're very much run oriented. Uh, so maybe that's one thing that they were waiting to show off in the state championship game because they did take some shots. They took two, but after that, they realized that they didn't have to, mm-hmm. especially with the big playability that they have from you know like Trey Ritchie, Nick Prohl, and some other kids. Um, it's it, it's. Just a, it's a different Borden County team mm-hmm. than what I'm used to in terms of what they bring to the table, but the results are still the same. Exactly, and I, I believe that Borden County is going into this game a heavy favorite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Jonesboro is a good team, but with what Borden County was able to do to Happy last week, uh, I figure they're the favorites coming into this one. Mm-hmm. In fact, that Happy game was kind of advertised as maybe the real state championship game. <laughs> yeah, they're now, trying take, to get take a nothing group. away from Jonesboro. That's just yeah. how people out here thought of that game. And, uh, the, you know, two perennially strong programs uh, going after it in, in a high concentration of, of six-man football. There's, there's no places that have more six-man football than the Lubbock Amarillo area. I don't think a single person was left in Gale. When I showed up there, oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a line out the door. And for a 1A, you know, for a small school, uh, both Happy and Borden County filled up Lobo Stadium. Mm-hmm. And this, every, those seats were packed. Yeah. It was in support. And I think 
having your community support like that also helps you get to this get to this point in the season. Absolutely. But with that, it's pretty much on to, to basketball season after Borden County plays its uh, its uh, final game. We've got some good teams. I, I know um, you know obviously this, this is coming out on on Wednesday, so check out the gamers uh, from from Tuesday evening on LoneStarVarsity.com, right next to where you're listening to this podcast. And uh, we've got a special treat for you. We're going to bring on uh, Coach Lane Sheets from Coronado. He's the guy that replaced Randy Dean and uh, hear a little bit about the 2017-2018 Mustangs, uh, which uh, just got some reinforcements with Conright being able to come back and and join the basketball team. So we hope you like it. And now we're joined by Coronado boys basketball coach Lane Sheets uh, on on the podcast. And, and Coach, you know, it's it's been a fun ride for you guys so far. You know, nine and four, um, you're you're getting to lead the team after a couple of years um, waiting for your turn. How has the transition been? Uh, and, you know, replacing such a great guy like Randy Dean. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, as far as replacing Randy Dean, um, you know, I was just so grateful um, for the three years that I got to be his assistant coach here at Coronado. Uh, someone that's just an unbelievable coach, well-respected throughout the state, and then just an, a great man as well. So, uh, I, you know, I got to see firsthand how he ran his program and how he uh, taught kids and um, and molded young men into being not just good basketball players, but uh, kids with a lot of character for, um, you know, while they're in school and then also to help them be successful when they graduate. So it was a great experience um, for me, and now I'm really enjoying um moving into uh, the spot that he had, the head coaching spot. And, you know, it's been uh, great to kind of keep that continuity uh, on the staff, just knowing these kids for the last three years. And so, you know, I, I was familiar to them and vice versa. So I think it's really made it a, a great transition moving forward into this year. A lot of people may not know that they're listening, that, that you were once a head coach at a different school. Can, can you tell us that story and, and some of the lessons you learned there that you were able to bring to Coronado? <laughs> Sure. You know, uh, uh, after I was at Estacado a year, uh, as an assistant, I went to Morton and I was their head coach for a couple of years and certainly grateful for uh, them for giving me that first head coaching job and, and allowing me to get some head coaching experience. And, you know, there we had a very supportive administration, just like we do here in, here in Lubbock and uh, some great kids that really just wanted to play hard and enjoy playing. Uh, really pretty similar to some of the kids we have here just you know at a, at a smaller school and so um, you know we had got to you know we're fortunate to make a couple runs in the playoffs and so you know it was good to to have that success there I really enjoyed being a head coach but I also wanted to you know I wanted to keep learning and improving myself as a coach and um, when coach Buckley left Coronado that was coach Dean's assistant um, I just knew that it'd be a tremendous opportunity to learn from coach Dean and um, so I decided to go there and also, you know, kind of see what it was like at the bigger school. And so uh, it, it was a good opportunity for me. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I'm certainly thankful I got to get that head coaching experience um, while I was there at Morton. Hey, Coach, uh, speaking about the kids a little bit, um, who are kind of the players that have been stepping up for you lately or lead you guys vocally this year? You know, uh, this year we've had, I think, one of our biggest strengths is our depth. And, um, you know, we've really had quite a few kids that have played significant minutes and contributed in a lot of ways. Um, you know, a lot of people think of scoring, uh, which is, of course, important. You know, Christian Ackard is someone that's really uh, been scoring a lot for us. Michael Garza, um, we've got Bronze Giddens, a post player for us. Um, Amari Williams, I mean, there, there really are several guys that, 
you know, any night can, can, you know, score in the double digits pretty easily. And we've usually had, you know, most of our games we've had several kids in the double digits. And, you know, we've tried to use the depth that we have and play a lot of kids and um, play a little faster pace than we have. And so that's allowed us to get more possessions and score a few more points at times. And so, you know, to be honest, we've had, we've really had several kids that, that have contributed. So it's, it's been great. Yes. And, uh, you know, early on in the season, I got to uh, come out and see you guys play and it just looked like a very selfless team. You know, they were passing the ball all over the place. Nobody was looking to outshine anybody. Can you talk about that? Well, I, I would agree. I think that's a good term, being selfless, uh, you know, to describe them. I remember, you know, you asking me who who stood out and really, um, you know, affected the game, and, and both of us were kind of you looking at each other like, you know, trying to think of just one name because, uh, you know, we did have several that night playing, like you said, really unselfish, um, you know, and, and you saw a lot of kids making an extra pass at times when they probably had a, a decent shot that I honestly would have been okay with, but they had someone else that was a little more open than them and, and they're they're willing to share the ball. And I think they're starting to see that if they'll do that, then that also opens them up as well because they can't, you know, defenses can't just key on one person uh, and try to stop them. So they're really starting to move the ball and share the ball. And, you know, when we do that, of course, we're a lot more efficient offensively. And, uh, you know, times when we don't, it's pretty, pretty easy to see, you know, when we're a little more stagnant and just have a, a little uh, tougher time scoring so definitely a selfless group of kids that are a lot of fun to be around obviously it hurt that the coronado football team got eliminated last week but that means that you get blair conright back um, under the program do you, how much is he going to add as this season goes on you know and had a pretty good uh sophomore campaign um in, in, the, in the son of a really good lady raiders basketball player too yeah you know he he had a tremendous football season you know we were really excited for the that that the football team had made a great run and um so now um getting some of those kids back and transitioning in them into a new sport um is an exciting time for us for the kids and you know specifically for blair uh, we think he'll just continue to be you know a tremendous player just like he he was last year like he said as a sophomore you know he played significant minutes started quite a few games as a sophomore um, and just someone that, um, you know, is really an athletic kid. He loves playing the game, so he always brings a lot of energy, really competitive. So, you know, obviously someone that anyone would love to have on their team, and, and we're certainly grateful he's on our team for sure. Later on this week, uh, you guys will have Abilene Wiley uh, with a pretty impressive record. Um, what's kind of the scouting report on them? What do you expect to see? Well, you know, we played them last year. We went down to Abilene and played them last year. And I think at the time we were 16-0, and and they gave us our first loss. And so they're certainly a, a great team. Uh, they're well-coached, uh, very disciplined team. Uh, they've been playing a 2-3 zone, and they pretty much stay in that zone all the time. And their kids are really good at it. It's something they've played over the years. So, you know, you kind of know what to expect as, as far as what they're going to try to do. Uh, but, you know, they're just so solid at it. And then on the offensive end, you know, like all good teams, they share the ball, they, they keep the ball moving, they move without the ball, and uh, don't make many mistakes at all. So I think it's going to be a great challenge for our kids to go uh, go play a great team. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll play teams that play good zone uh, in district and, and hopefully in the playoffs if we're fortunate to get there. So it, it'll be a good opportunity for us to, to play someone with that style 
as well as uh, someone with that that on that caliber of, of a team. So we're looking forward to it. And then last question, Coach. You know, obviously we get to see Jarrett Culver uh, a lot and in, in, uh, getting a lot of minutes as a, as a true freshman at Tech and Tech's, you know, number 24 in the country right now. How proud of you? How proud are you of him and in, in his early performance? And, and how much has he jumped uh, since graduating the Coronado program? Yeah, you know, I tried everything I could to keep him from graduating. I tried to <laughs> flunk him, tried to talk teachers into failing him, but, but unfortunately they let him graduate. So, uh, you know, I, honestly, I'm not surprised. Um, the way he's playing, he's a tremendous kid. Everyone knows and has seen how he is on the floor, and uh, and most people know the type of character he is. And if I could just tell a quick story, he would meet me up at the gym at 4:55 in the morning because we practice usually at 6:30 in the morning to eight, and he would meet me up at 4:55 in the morning. And by five o'clock, he had the gun, the shooting machine, rebounding for him, putting I mean killing himself, putting him through a, uh, himself through a great workout. So he's always had a lot of self-discipline. He's always put in the extra time and uh, put in a lot of shots to, to develop as a player like he, he needed to. And so, you know, that's something that uh, definitely not a surprise to people that know him as far as how much success he's had. But you know, not everyone knows how much work he put into it when, when absolutely no one was in the gym. So it's, it's certainly exciting to get to see him um, out there having the success he's had and be able to show our younger kids you know, what can happen if they put in the work. Hey, Coach Sheets, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely. I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, that's good stuff from Coach Sheets. Yeah, really enjoyed having him on the show. I'm excited for what Coronado is going to do this year. Obviously, you know, uh, like we were talking about in the podcast, Culver was there last year. Uh, they're without Culver this year, but they've definitely got some kids that stepped up. And, uh, you know, now they have Conright as well, who's – he had a great season in, in football, so you got to believe that that's going to kind of fo- follow through to the basketball court. So it's going to be a good year for the Mustangs and, you know, a lot of our other area teams, I think. Absolutely. It's it's, it's tacking up to be pretty good. You know who I was really impressed with? I got to see them at the Abernathy shootout on, on the girls' side was Roosevelt. And I know that they traditionally have a good program. It took Claude to one to two points, uh, a two-point loss, and uh, – came down to free throws at the end and they missed one they, they got fouled on a three-point shots they had three uh free throws hit the first one missed the second one and then on the intentional miss third one couldn't get it to go down uh but claude is a very 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 good team and roosevelt was right with them and i think if they played that game 10 times it'd probably be five and five six and four something like that they looked great yeah, they have uh, some special talent over there. Peyton Brown is uh, one of the best players in the area, I think, and she's complimented well with players like Reagan Schulte. So um, I think they're going to have a good year. You know, uh, last couple of years they haven't had a bad season. It's just this year there's something about them that really stood out, I guess, in that game. Absolutely. And I got to see the Friendship Boys mm-hmm. in the uh, Friendship uh, champion or the Gene Messer shootout, mm-hmm. and I was impressed. Yeah, I was very much impressed with uh, Jack Kirkpatrick, mm-hmm. and I believe it's uh, Ty Dykes. Yes, yes, um, he's a freshman who handles the ball like a senior, <laughs> and he's not the biggest kid on the court, but he's going to make you seriously consider putting two guys on him at yeah. once. It's going to be a lot of fun watching him for the next four years because he's already got some skills, uh, already eating serious minutes, usually starting. Uh, and it is funny because uh, he looks like a, a boy among men right now, but yeah. he is playing right with them. He shoots lights out, and then he's complimented with Jack Kirkpatrick, who's a six foot six 
um, really talented player. I would, like we were talking about it, I was impressed with his athleticism because sometimes you get six six players who they're good rebounders, but <laughs> that's about it. Right. In terms they're, they're, of, just, they're they're on the court because they're tall. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jack is not like that. Not at all. He he plays well. He he reminds me of uh, some former players that have come through friendship, but. No, I, I was impressed with friendship. Um, Monterey Boys with Jerry McFerrin yeah. there now. Seems like it's going to be a, a good combination for years to come. Yeah, they had some player. Or the way they were playing, it did remind me a little bit like Trinity. Uh, not, not that Monterey was bad before. It's just they, there seemed to be something different about it, mm-hmm. and they were playing very intelligently, I would say. Um and I'm excited for tonight, our you know Tuesday night. Check it out. Uh, we have game coverage, and on LoneStarVarsity.com. And uh, uh, I, pretty much it for today, I believe. That's right. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys stopping by as always. Uh, next week's podcast will probably center a lot around Borden County. Uh, we'll get in even more into basketball, and then, and then from that point on, we'll move on to uh, to basketball and, and some of the winter sports. So we really appreciate you guys. Hanging out with us all football season. Uh, Can't wait to do it one more time. And can't wait to get involved with uh, other sports on this podcast as well. So we'll talk to you soon. And once again, this show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media.